2: The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three Blues. Three Opinions. One Everton Podcast.
1: Welcome to episode 190 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network, and also fanatics. Oh, it's always a nice bright Sunday morning, isn't it, when uh, Everton win and Everton have won at home, more importantly, and Everton have kept a clean sheet, which is also uh, massively important as well. But we said it last week how how important it was to go into the international break on the back of a win, especially after losing in the the manner we did against Luton last weekend. And Everton have done that in in a manner that was, you know, it was it was probably one of our our easiest games of the season for a good while against a, a poor, a really, really poor Bournemouth side. I've got to be honest, but you've got to, you know, we we've been there already this season where we've played sides that we, we feel um aren't, aren't great and and we we've lost the game. Um but great to be sitting here after a, a comfortable 3-0 win. Goals spread around again, which is was also nice. But Peter, you must be you must be happy, you must be pleased um leaving the ground yesterday after after watching probably one of the most comfortable wins we're we're likely to see.
2: Yeah, d- definitely. A a 2-0, the the guy that's that's sit next to me, um, nudged me and he said, Hey, what you know, what's this feeling? Is it relief? And I said to him, Not not quite yet. I said, I need another goal before I can start enjoying it. Um But you you're right, it was it was a very, very comfortable win. Um surprisingly so. because uh, c- it, it wasn't the game that I, I thought we'd be seeing. I as usual, I was stealing myself for a, a really difficult watch, but normally um, my, my predictions are very, very wrong. So I, I was pleased to be wrong yesterday. I, I thought we were excellent. I, I thought it was a case that we were very, very good. I thought we were really on our game, got the first goal, which we, we know is is so vital. Um, But I thought Bournemouth were really, really poor. I know we, we were ha- just having a brief chat before we started recording. I think the three of us were probably quite surprised by how poor Bournemouth were because They've always been a bit of a bogey team for us, and I, I, look, I know they're under a different manager now, but usually what you get from Bournemouth is, you know, a lot of pace, you know, really getting down the flanks, um, get, getting high up the pitch quickly, being really dangerous on the counter-attack. Um, and we didn't see any of that from, from them, really. They were, you know, really slow and laboured on the ball, seemed to be really confused about their pressing system. And it just really played into our hands, really. Um and I mean, I know we're going to highlight several performances, but for me, J- James Garner thoroughly deserved man of the match. I, I thought he was outstanding yesterday. And not, you know, it's not just because of, he got the goal and the way he took the first goal. I, I thought he did all the simple elements of the game, you know, really, really well. He was just so consistent. He didn't make any mistakes, positionally great, got on the ball, got us up the pitch, and um, I, I thought he was. I felt it was a real leader with the way that he played yesterday, um, which I think is a statement because we need to remember how young he is. Uh, but but just, you know, just just briefly, I was so impressed with how he took that um, that first goal because he's got the easy pass onto Calvert Lewin on the right um, when he nips the ball off off the centre half. But he he plays the right shot. I was talking to Lee after the game yesterday. And you can tell he's a he's a, a footballer. You can tell he's a he's an out and out, you know, intelligent player because he looks at the keeper and he he selects the right shot. You know, he doesn't just leather it or put his foot through it or you know smash it down the keeper's throat. He has a look at the keeper and he knows he's got a, he's got a side foot that at pace and the keeper's got no chance. Um, and I, I just thought he was absolutely brilliant. But it got us off to a fantastic start. Um, and thankfully we we managed to keep the momentum up over the rest of the game.
0: I think that's Bob on with the finish just quickly there, Mike, before you come back in. I, th- I think that finish, how many times have we seen players in that situation this season, particularly at home? And then they just absolutely picked the wrong, wrong decision, like pass it. Like you just said there, people play the easy ball or, you know, absolutely put their laces through it and put it wide or, you know, or it off target. And, and, it looks a simple finish because of you know because of the way it went in, but like you said, I think you said to me on the call when we spoke, Pete, it's like a training ground finish, wasn't it? Open your body up and just side foot it, you know, basically pass it into the net at pace, and that's exactly what he did. And um, credit where it's due there because you know he took what I like about that situation is he took ownership of it. You know, like you said, he could have l- rolled into calvert and he could have reversed it to Decoré, was also in a good position. And let's be honest, he's not the most you know comfortable in front of goalers you never feel comfortable when he's one-on-one um but yeah i like the fact he just took ownership of it opened his body up and just slotted it uh, and it was in the, it was fairly central but because he was so close and he hit it so true pace beat the keeper
1: Well, what he's done there though is if, if you if you look at it obviously you had the two runners on the side didn't think like you say how often do we, so we look to slide those players in and then it doesn't come off the balls over hit or it goes too close to the goalkeeper but what he's done is he's used a defender in front some as a screen hasn't he so the goalkeeper can't even see the ball at that point so if you watch the goalkeeper because he can't see the ball he moves too late he, he can't even anticipate where the ball is going to go as you say it was pretty sensible but because of the because of his vision is is blocked by his defender it it was really well done and really clever and I think if you ask him he knew exactly what he was doing with with using that defender and you know it's it was a, a very composed finish and Obviously, James Garner playing centrally um, was was also something which fans have been calling for, for 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 quite a while now because we we feel that's where well he deserves his chance to play in the middle. To be to be quite honest, um, seen it a couple of times, but you know, will it become a more regular thing now? I would expect so. Uh, but obviously, before the game, it was due to be him and, and Garner Gay. Garner Gay gets injured in the warm, and and Onana comes in. The, the rumors are there's been a little bit of a. A fallout slash he was late for saying Onana, hence why why he was dropped. Was he? Wasn't he? Is that a bit convenient? Because obviously the manager wanted to play James Garner in the middle. That remains to be seen. Uh, but Onana came back in, um, and the two of them at thought were, were were terrific all game. Both of them had had, had very very good games, um, and obviously the ahead as usual do, doing what he does, buzzing around, and and obviously we, we were we were putting on a, a, a very very good press as well. Because Bournemouth had this want want to play out from the back, don't they? And unless you've got the right personnel to do that, it just doesn't work. As we found out ourselves, to to, you know, to our detriment in the past, where we've had managers who want to do it that way and want to play out from the back, and if you haven't got the players you you are comfortable doing it, then it falls down. I mean, the first goal comes from them passing the ball around at the back, and obviously they slipped over. We, We we got in; it was lucky. But how many times in the first half, especially? Did they lose the ball from us putting the press on and then playing out from the back? And that was the really good thing. You know, we, we've asked the players as fans to, to play with a bit more intensity. And they press a little bit higher up because sometimes we, we we sit off, sometimes, you know, they press in a particular way and we, th- we think that we should be doing a bit more. Uh, but we, we see it yesterday, Pete, and, and that intensity is really important, isn't it? Because if you do it from
2: the off, It gets the fans on side straight away, doesn't it? Definitely, but you've got to get it right, haven't you? And I I think that's the key yesterday. We we, we had a clear system and we played as a team. Sometimes I get really frustrated watching the game in the stadium where where fans are shouting this, press, press, press. And you're thinking, if if we were to press as much as the, the fans shout for teams would cut us to shreds because if if you don't have a pressing system, if you don't know when to go and not go, and if you don't go in groups, Premier League teams will absolutely destroy you. So, you know, I agree we've needed more intensity at times, but I I also think as fans, we, you know, we need to respect that the the players and staff know what they're doing and you, you have to know how to press the right teams at the right times. But I, I agree with you. I thought Bournemouth were there for the taking yesterday, and it would have, you know, it would have been so frustrating if it would have been another one of those games where we sat here saying, you know, 20 odd shots on goal, and we've not taken our chances, or Bournemouth got the first goal. So, you know, I, I felt like we took the game by the scruff of the neck, and we made the most of the momentum we got. But Bournemouth just couldn't handle us at all. And I think when you have a moment like that, and you know, in the first half, a mistake that leads to a goal. Sci- psychologically, it's such a boon because it then gives you as the attacking team so much confidence because you you know that you've got success and you know that you can hurt them. And for Bournemouth, you know, it, it must have been an absolute knife in the heart for them because you, you know you you know then the other team has got you. Um, and I just I just think Bournemouth never really recovered from it. And hopefully, it's you know it's really good news for us because they now go into that international break without a win on the table and their manager under immense pressure. Let's hope they stick with him for a bit longer.
0: It's an argument to say then, obviously he changed the midfield. You know, there was, we were calling for it. We mentioned it on the podcast last week. Didn't we Has he gone too safe with that midfield against Luton? But the way we played in the first 20, 25 minutes against Luton, is there an argument to say if we had scored early in that game, would it have followed a similar pattern to the Bournemouth game? Definitely, you know I mean, because you know that early goal suddenly lifts the crowd, takes the pressure off the players. They play with more freedom. It's it's a domino effect, you know. And if we'd have got a goal in in, in those early stages, you know, would we have gone on to, to to win that? Maybe you know by maybe two or three. You know, it's it's, it's an argument to say, and, and the fact that then Luton scored and the way we played in that second half was the complete opposite of playing with freedom. We played with fear, didn't we? And we, we didn't have any sort of system. We were lumping balls aimlessly forward. But you could see the players enjoyed that yesterday. They enjoyed it because they, they got, in the, got in front, they were playing with the tails up, and then, yeah, as we said, you know when, when they do that, and they've showed it in parts this year, they look a decent side. They look a decent side. Yeah, we've had 48 shots on goal in the last two home games. Okay, not all on target, that would be incredible, but still, 48 shots. Would you, would you have ever said that about Sean Dyside? Not really, would you?
1: Well, there's been, obviously, there's been this this huge conversation around XG, hasn't there? You know, there's people who, who love it, who use it, people who are, who are into the football data, um, and Sean Dice has obviously alluded to it quite often in the last the last week or so. Um, and but I, as, as I say, you know, XG doesn't, doesn't mean you're just scoring goals. It means you're creating chances, but also you've got to use it in, in concept as well, as as we were saying against Luton, the XG was high, but when we scored the goal, that, that that included three different chances in the space of about three seconds in that XG. So you've got to look at it in context. So it's a good tool, obviously, of course it is. It, it says we're creating chances and and the, the basic stats will, will tell you that. Um, it's It suggests that we're creating good chances and, and we could all tell you that as well, just by looking at the games and, you know, Wolves with Fulham at home, the chances that we missed, we know they were good chances, they were big chances. But, the you know the the important thing yesterday was like you say getting off to a good start, going in front because I did a little bit of um, researching last night very quickly, and by my calculation under Sean Dyche in the Premier League we've gone ahead in ten games and we haven't lost the game, so that that tells you how important the first goal actually is to us and to this side. So whether it's a, a mentality thing as we we've, we've discussed in previous podcasts over the last few weeks. Uh, whether it, it does breed confidence whether the the players then think well i'm gone we've, we've got something to, to, to hold on to, and it brings the opposing side out a bit more and creates a little bit more space I, I couldn't tell you that you know the reasons why, but we t- we tend to be good at holding on to a lead or coming away with some kind of points if we if we do score the first goal and obviously you'd like you'd like us to to be a bit more resilient. you know re- resilience is so important especially. You know when you you are up against it and you come up against against more difficult opponents, but it's a good it's a good little stat that really isn't it. It shows you, I suppose, why as fans when we're sitting there and we can see the first goal, how many times have we said and how many times have we have we discussed that the opposition score a goal and we sit there and go, well, you know, he's probably the best we can hope for here, or that's game over. Um, but we, we've I've got to I suppose negatively we've got to look to turn that around as I say. And look to to come back in games when we do go behind. And as 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 Sean Dice likes to say as well, change the story and change that story because we, we can't just rely on scoring the first goal every single week and go on to get points from there.
0: I think that's a really good point. That's a good start as well. I think one thing I will say compared to the Everton of last season when Dice came in, um certainly after the you know the first initial bounce you have when you have a new manager is with with a proper centre forward in there now and and arguably on the bench, we look like a team that's got goals in us. You know I mean, I think that times last year, well several times last year, with Mopay, we just didn't look like we we're going to score a goal, let's be honest. And that showed in the first two games of the season as well, even though we two home games, like you said, you mentioned Fulham and Wolves. You know, we've said this numerous times. You know, if Dom would have been fit or even better fit, we we probably would have won those games fairly comfortably in the end. We just, you know, we could have been there all day and never scored a goal, couldn't we, in those matches? But I do think we look like a team that's got goals in it. And on that on that note, I think, I th- thought Don was unbelievable yesterday. A complete out-and-out number nine's performance. You know what I mean? He he, he was all. He bullied their defenders. He's physical, his touch was immaculate, wasn't it, as well? His touch. I mean, you mentioned before we started recording there, Mike, that ball that was flipped over to him, the way he brought it down, it was like prime Bergkamp. Do you know what I mean? I was expecting him to lift it over his head and put it in the corner. Um, obviously the finish wasn't quite Bergkamp, was it? Um, but still the touch was was absolutely superb. I think I think that's a big part of his game that's improved a lot. I think. Um, I know he's been injured a lot the last two years. Um, and he, he he's never had a disgraceful touch by any means. But I think he's he's had you know he's he's really improved his touch. You know, it, the balls into his chest. The headers he was winning, the layoffs. It gives us such a platform from which to play from, doesn't it? And I thought I thought he was outstanding yesterday.
1: Yeah, really, really solid performance, wasn't it? We, we've seen it since he's come back. Obviously, you scored three goals, a couple of chances. Yes, they hit the bar with with a, I was going to say header, but I think it was more his shoulder, wasn't it? Late on in the first half. um, At that that chance in the second half where he goes through, sort of, sort of stopped and then dinked it over the keeper just wide. Uh, and like, he, like you say, the one which was played, was a played long and he, and he sort of, Pirouettes, doesn't he? And then it's uh, on the on the volley over the bar. It just shows the confidence that he's got. Obviously, he's fit. Uh, he's healthy. He he looks really really strong. And and all it was missing yesterday from his performance what was was a goal. And we were saying earlier on, and somewhat man of the match. And obviously, James Garner got it. I think on the on the official Everton website, and there were you know other people in the conversation. Uh, Jack Harrison, obviously, we'll discuss his goal in a second, of course. Um Calvert Lewin, Onana oh, for me, thought he was absolutely terrific yet again. Um but if Calvert Lewin scores a goal, he gets man of the match because it his it, centre forward play, we know how important he is. And even when he doesn't score, we know how important he is to this side. Brighton away last season was probably the best <clears throat> I've seen him away from home. But I think now we're starting to he's starting to match that level of performance consistently since he's come back. And the importance of him can't be understated, can it? Because you know we've got Beto, who again came on for a handful of minutes and had a couple of chances himself. Um, behind him, so he's obviously pushing him. But Dominic Calvert-Lewin is still massively important to this this Everton side, and and he he gives us probably things that Beto can't give us
2: as well, doesn't he? Yeah, th- this Dominic Calvert-Lewin that that we're seeing at the moment is massively important to to Everton, and I, I really agree with what you say there that it it does potentially seem like having more competition now in that position is is bringing the best out of him but he, he seems to be playing with a a smile on his face but also, also a, a a ferocity i thought he was really aggressive yesterday but you know the, the type of aggression you want from a from a center forward he just claimed everything um they they could not handle him at all i mean the 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 timing of his jumping Um, I I, I thought he got fouled to bits at times. Don't get me started on the referee. I won't go on that tangent, but I mean, what game David Coote was watching, I I, I do not know. And he was so inconsistent in in some of the things he gave against us. Um, You know, hairline fouls that just, you know, didn't happen up the other end. I mean, Dominic Solanke, if David Coote applied the same reasoning to, to Bournemouth as he did to us, would have been sent off in the first half, the amount of times he pulled Anana back. Anyway, um I, yeah, I thought Calvert-Loon was, was superb. Um I mean, there were times he was bringing that ball down on his chest uh from a, from a Pickford kick. Now, why that's so impressive is, firstly, you, you've got to get your positioning spot on, but the defenders are backing off him because they know if they get tight, if they get close, they're going to lose the ball. So again, psychologically, it, it it shows the the damage he's doing to his opponents. You know, he's he's inti- he's intimidating players, and that's what you want from uh, from your centre forward because then it brings your other players into into play. Um, and you know, look, I'm not saying Dominic Calvert Lewin's the, the the reason that we got three goals from other areas of the pitch, but I definitely think it helped us yesterday. I think the fact that he was such a focal point and has taken so much attention and impetus. I do think it's allowed other players to you know play with more freedom, play with less pressure, come into the game, step up. Um but he was really unlucky yesterday not to get not to get his goal and not, you know, not just with the um the, the kind of the headed chance to, to hit the bar. Uh, he was you know he was in he was in the right places at the right times for several chances and um I thought he was really unlucky and I, I think potentially Sean Dyche probably left him on the pitch a little bit longer than he might have liked to to see if he could get him on that kind of four goal streak um but it takes absolutely nothing away from his game that he he didn't get on the score sheet and look long may it continue because we we're, we're hopefully going into a very important game after an international break where he'll you'll get a bit of rest um with him very very fit and very very sharp and that's only going to be good for our season because you know i think probably his absence was for me at least 50% of the reason we found ourselves in um, another relegation scrap last season so keep, keeping him fit and keeping him at this kind of level is just essential for uh, for the rest of our season because I, I think it's got the potential to hopefully lift us up that table to a position where we're you know we're, we're dropping the relegation talk at least for a while
0: proper athlete isn't he proper athlete I mean he, he's got everything hasn't he in terms of his physical presence far cry from the little skinny kid we brought from from Sheffield United, he looks a you know, a real athlete, like you said, with his bats a goal exceptional, but you forget how quick he is as well, quick isn't he, he gets across the grass, you know, that intimidates as well, and the fact that he's a he's a threat in behind as well, you're going to get there nine times out of ten, um, you know, if you put it in the channels, and yeah, really impressed with him, you know, he's getting close to the form now, um, that when he was picked for England, wasn't he, and he was scoring all those goal, goals for us with the with, um, Carlo, so... Massive credit to him. And I agree with you, Pete. I think he, he probably was on the pitch. If there's a criticism of Sean Dyche, he probably should have made the subs a little bit earlier for me. Um, because, you know, Beto came on. He, he didn't... OK, he had a couple of chances, but I'd have given him I'd have given him at least 15, 20 there. Give Dom a bit of a rest. He's done his job. The game's won. But Dyche is probably like one of us. He's probably thinking even at 3-0, if they get a goal, we could lose this. <laughs> Generally, the way we've been playing. So... Um, but no, I think he. I'd, I'd have brought. I'd have brought him off definitely. There. I'd have brought. i brought. Brought Harrison um, off, who I thought was exceptional. Again, we saw it in the Villa game. I mean, his, his 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 ability to press, which he's obviously learned under Bielsa, his ability to cut down passing angles. He's just very intelligent, and you know he matches that work rate with quality as well. And um, we saw that with the goal. I mean, that was. Mike, you described it as one of the best goals you've seen at Goodison. It was, a, it was an unbelievable finish. First time. I know it's set up nice for him, but even the other players were shocked. When they looked, they couldn't believe it was in. It was just like, you know, perfect touch. You know, the weight of that shot was perfect. He didn't lash at it again. He just guided it. Um, hell of a finish. I thought Adam McNeil as well was exceptional. Both of them on, on on either side. Both have got work rate, but they've both got quality as well. Um, and Dan Juma can consider himself unlucky for not getting any minutes at all. You know, didn't come on at all. Um, you know, and arguably, let's be fair. Him and him and Beto were actually doing all right. They were showing bits, weren't they? Before, obviously, they've been replaced. But again, that's what we want. We want competition. We've been saying this all along. You know, if Dan Juma wants to get back in the side now, he, he's going to have to go. Well, look, if I get a chance, I'm going to have to take my chance because at the moment, Neil's ahead of me. And and the same with the same with Beto. I know, obviously, you know, again, he, he, as like I said before, he didn't probably get enough minutes if you think about it, when Dom came in as a sub, he scored, didn't he? And then he's not looked back since. So that's what you want. You want them pushing. And then behind all that, you've got Chimiti, who's, you know, again, he came on just for a, a very tiny cameo yesterday. But like I've said before, he'll be learning loads off those two now. You know, similar, similar stature. You know, we haven't seen enough of him to know if he's the same style of player. But, you know, he, he looks that style of player. So, yeah, it's just good to see. And arguably, it's just a shame... For me we're not on the points that i think we should be on for the way we've played most of this season
1: yeah we can we can all obviously <clears throat> discuss games that we feel that we should have won we have done obviously over the last, the last few weeks but just going back to obviously jack harrison uh, obviously he got his got his first his first start didn't he in the in the premier league yesterday um and he provided that balance obviously he can go with either foot i i, I found watching him yesterday he, He's he's comfortable um, but that goal, that goal was just ridiculous, by the way, because so after the, <clears throat> the foresight, to, when the ball's coming out, so you think that keeper's about, you know, he's probably two yards further out than maybe he would be in a normal normal goalkeeping position. Um, and he's just, he hasn't, he hasn't even put it high. Has he he hasn't, hasn't lobbed the ball high. He's literally just cushioning the ball just high enough as the keeper sort of getting up. And the keeper, because you say two yards further out than, than, than normal, you can't even get up to it, and obviously when it, when it hits the bar and goes in, it always looks a million times better, doesn't it? But it's just having that that, that chain of thought to, to to do that and execute what you what you're trying to do shows you how good he is technically. Talk about players having good technical ability. Him, James Garner, two 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 really good examples of that. And it was just it was a fa- fantastic goal. I, I was sitting in the park end yesterday for uh, for the first time in a while, and it was just it was just terrific to see. To see that level of goal, that level of finishing, and obviously the the impact that he had on the game as a whole. You know, we said work rate was, was terrific. Uh, we know we get that with, with Jack Harrison. like like you say, he's he's been on the BLC and was on the BLC for a while at Leeds, so he knows exactly what what in, to play the an intensity is all about. Um, but he, yeah, he was, the, the goal was just I can't I can't say enough about it because it was just it was that good. Could have had two, couldn't he? Obviously the one, uh, the third goal where where the uh, puts it in from a couple of yards out. He's unlucky with with the header. Isn't he great ball from McNeil by the way? puts it across. Um, Onana wins the ball in midfield after it was fouled. Let's get it, guys. Right. Harrison was fouled edge of the box. Another example of the, the referee because he was he was just terrible and his and his shirt was three sizes too big and that was driving me nuts as well. Um, but it was, you know, that should have been a free kick. Onana sacks back, gets the ball. Uh, well, that wasn't a foul either. That's Adam Smith lo- looking for a looking for a foul. Wasn't a foul. Um, and away we go. And Harrison's there, back post catches the ball really well. You know, the the player on the line, he's blocked it really well. And there's and there's the Corey to, to hammer the ball home. You know, the Corey. How many goals has he scored now? Under under Sean Dyche, how, how important has he become? We had we had a chat a few weeks ago on here about the importance of the Corey. And you know, he's he's unorthodox, the Corey, isn't he? And and he's he's one of those. I mean you lost him yesterday, Pete, where how often did you know when he picked the ball up when we, we were turning uh, they turned the ball over and we were looking to looking to go? And he's just so he's just all all legs, isn't he? He's just all over the place at times. And and you want him just to just to calm to calm himself down, have a little look around. But he, he's so important to this side, his work rate is really important. The fact that he scores goals. You know he's him and Dom now is a three goals apiece this season. Um, you know he plays in in that almost at that number ten. They press as as a two that you know both of them. Um, so so important to have to have players in positions and and impacting games, but also like you said, Lee, players behind them who can come in. You know players who've been pushed out because other players have come in and scored goals, basically and had good performances. Um, and now Garnagay finds himself in that position doesn't he you know we you know Sean Dyches potentially stumbled upon that yesterday in terms of the personnel who played uh because of Garnagay's injury in the warm-up but it begs the question now going forward what will the manager do um and we'll discuss that in more detail in in a minute but all in all you know a good performance a solid performance great to get a clean sheet great to score three goals Great, great for the Gladestry to actually see a goal at there again for us, which which has
2: been has been a while as well. Just, just a, a quick note on on Jack Harrison. I'm going to be a typical de- defender about this. That there was a moment about about 70, 75 minutes into the game, where we we lose the ball high on the right and Bournemouth break down the left hand side, and I think he ran, sprinted about thirty yards, and I can remember watching him run and seeing the effort on his face. And how how hard he pushed himself, and I, I just want to ask you two lads: do, do you think that's why, number one, he's in there already instead of Dan Juma, and number two, he stayed on the pitch for so long ahead of Dan Juma because it was it was Patterson, wasn't it, that that um, that came on and Ashley Young, who looked like he was playing for about forty five minutes with a, a groin strain, that that went on that right hand side and not Dan Juma. So, what do you reckon to that? I, th- I think that's a good
0: point. I think. Clearly, Dice loves, loves players who, go, who like running the other way as well. Um, he'd have loved me if I'd have played for him. Um, but yeah, no, you know what I mean. I think he's, um, that's, that is the genuine reason. I think that's the reason why Decore is in the team as well, because Dan Juma can play 10 as well, can't he? I think Dan Juma is more of a cue footballer, technically uh, more proficient than Decore, and could potentially slide in the likes of Calvaloon if he's playing in the ten. But what's keeping Decor in that side? Okay, the goals, he's a goal threat. But also, like Mike just mentioned there, that it's, it's the pressing. It's, it's the ability to, you know, not just play in that 10 position and walk around and then do something when you get it. It's how, how you press off the ball. And I thought, you know, we know, we know, we we knew what we were getting with Harrison. We know his work rate's exceptional. That's been drilled into him. Um, you know, I thought he was one of Leeds' best players under BLC. You speak to some Leeds fans, I've got a couple of mates who are Leeds fans, and they always... You know, the rhetoric, the rhetoric around um, Harrison tends to be, oh yeah, he'll play, he'll have a game like that, and then he'll be rubbish for four or five, and then he'll turn up and do it again. But um, you know, some of my, my mates I spoke to said he's genuinely been one of their best players uh, for a long time. And if you look at his numbers, his numbers are impressive in the Premier League. You know, his, his, his goals and his goals and assists are right up there. Um, so you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, he has a really good season. We we can go in and get him uh, in the summer because for me. And I said this when we signed him. He's a typical Everton player, and the fact that he's got that little bit of quality that we all like, but he's got that work rate drilled into him. Um, and like you said, Pete, you know, just the effort on his face, knowing that he's not he's not fully match fit either. Really, you know, he's, he's come he's coming to the side. He, he hasn't got those legs in him yet. You know, um, that a lot of the other players have because he, he's come back from an injury, and um, that sums him up. You know, that bit of quality he showed with the goal. And then, like you said there, the likes of tracking back when his legs are already you know, on the verge of going and he knows he's probably going to be hooked. Um, but, yeah, him, him and McNeil either side now, I don't think you can argue um, that they, both of them are starters right now because they both offer something similar but also something different in a lot of ways as well. Um, and I thought, to be honest, a lot of us were saying, should Patterson be starting? I think he can consider himself unlucky by not, not, not starting yesterday. Um, he seems to like the experience of young there, but um, you know, when Patterson came on, he, he, he showed a bit as well. Didn't he? even know it was only a small cameo.
1: Yeah, I think to be fair, everybody who, who got some kind of minutes showed something. Even Chimiti in those five minutes stoppage time, you know, he, he looked, looked fairly lively. Better, as I said, a couple of chances. Uh, Patterson, I, I thought for, it was a twenty minutes he was on for. You played really well, got a couple of really good good balls across defensively, put a couple of great tackles in as well. <clears throat> um, but I think in, in terms of Dan Juma, <clears throat> and like you say, he, he can count himself unlucky, of course, he can, but <clears throat> in terms of him getting more time yet, or any time yesterday, I think there's a little bit of showing that he doesn't trust him to do the defensive work, which he gets from obviously Jack Harrison and, and McNeil either side. Um, and obviously that that, that meant he, he didn't didn't come on, but like we said, we we feel the substitutes could and should have been made there. Yeah, you know, after seventy minutes, you're three the up. The game's done. The game is done, and the manager's got it. And that's when you got to use your squad. Don't, I know we had an international break on the back of this game, but let, let's not. You know, bail probably the probably the wrong expression they say in the season. But you know, when we can manage players' workloads, let's manage them. Let's let's get Calvert Lewin off. Let's get Harrison off because he's even said it was before the game he had the tight hamstring before the game, Haggerson, but he said he wanted to go out there and play, and obviously he said he, he was okay, but, you know, if that's the case, get him off. Just get him off earlier. You know, Ashley Young, like you said, got hurt, didn't he, early in the second half? Just get him off. He's on a button anyway, as, as as per usual, after about three seconds. So, just get him off and get, get Patterson on. There's, there's no problem with that. So, the manager's got to be a, a little bit more trusting of, of certain players, and, you know, I know it's hard, because we know as Everton fans, even if 3-0 up, you know, you feel that you can't settle. Um, but I felt that there was nothing coming back from them. You know, they had the, a couple of chances late on. Was it McNeil off the line, header from, from, uh, from a corner? And then Pickford late on, it was 85th minutes or so, saved saved the one from Kiefer Moore. But there was nothing coming back. So, as a manager, you use your squad. But, you know, it's it's brought about dilemmas now going forward for him. You know, as I said, Garnieke is probably the biggest one. You know how I'm important he's been. To, to this side and and he would have been playing yesterday he would have been Onana missing out for, for whatever reason um, but obviously we, we've got to look forward and you know what's the impact of that now as Sean Dye stumbled across a formation a setup of you know using particular personnel and we're going to discuss that after this short break I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons And obviously, there's no there's no preview this week with it being international break. Merseyside, Derby next up, which we obviously will discuss um, sometime next uh, next week, week after. But obviously, like I said, yesterday we saw players playing in the positions that we feel they should be playing. James Garner was, was potentially, and had a, obviously a, a good game, scored a goal. Onana played really well, when obviously he shouldn't have been starting, and Garner gay should have been. Um, obviously, Jack Harrison in, on the right hand side so we seem to be getting that bit of balance and after a 3-0 win you, you look at the at the players you played that game and obviously there's a, there's a case now to say well they should all be starting a merseyside derby but in terms of garner gailey we'll 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 focus on him he's got a really important role to play hasn't he you know, given the his experience given his ability don't forget as well it's not, not a simple case of saying, "Well, Onan and Garner had a really good game there," so so that's us now going forward. They will start every game in in that formation.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I stumbled upon it. Um, if I'm right in saying, did they both play in centre mid in in the Villa game in the cup?
1: Yeah, I, just I my head,
0: did. Yeah, yeah, I think they did. So, um, and I thought we were exceptional in that game. I know we changed the formation slightly. Um, And it'll be interesting to see if he goes with that same formation when we play Liverpool after the break. I think what he can be now, I think he can be, you know, providing Garner's okay. by the way. Uh, uh, um, uh, Sorry, uh, Garner Gay's okay. The injury's not too bad. Let's say he is fit. Um, It'd be interesting to see against so-called better sides, you know, who who will have more of the ball and cause us more issues. And it will be Liverpool away. You know, our record there isn't the best at all. I love we have finally put the hoodoo to bed, thanks to Richarlison and and Hamez. Thank God that Sky can stop moaning about that or bringing that up every five minutes. Um, but I think he, he can be selective in certain games now. I think in games like yesterday, where you know where where we should be favourites to win against you know lesser teams, uh, particularly at home, I think he he can he can maybe go with the uh, James Garner O'Nana in midfield and be that little bit more attacking. Yeah, you know, they both they're both young lads. They're both athletic. They're both useful. They can both get about the pitch. They can cover the grass, um, and they can get up and down. And both of them did that exceptionally yesterday. Um, but I think there's a place in there for um, for Garner Gay, definitely, um, when we want to be more solid and we want to be more resolute and we want to fill the spaces in the middle of the pitch. Um, and I think, he, I think he may well do that in, in, in certain games. And this is not to take anything away from, from Garner Gay, because I know some, some fans, not all, but some fans have been a little bit critical of him. But I still think he's exceptional for us on the whole. OK, occasionally he has lapses in concentration, he gives the ball away uh, when he shouldn't do. But overall, I think he's still been... Since he's re-signed for us, he's still been consistently one of our best players. You know, if you look at his, his ball-winning stats and his tackling... Um, it's, it's right up there, isn't it? With some of the some of the best players in his position in the Premier League, he's an exceptional tackler. He reads the game brilliantly. That's another underrated part of his game as well. He doesn't dive in a lot. Very rarely leaves his leaves you know leaves the ground to put a tackle in. He just reads the game brilliantly. And and you know we've been saying for a while isn't it, when 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 he was playing in there with Onana, we were saying that look, why can't Onana play in the six and let Gar you know Garner Gay just go out and does what he you know, do what he does best, which is you know press the ball and 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 harass people and, and tackle people because um, he like I said, you know, it's a big part of his game, but that's again a nice problem to have now. you know we've got Liverpool away if I said I think he may change it and go with the three in there again. Let's see how it plays out um and also you know in in game transitions as well if if suddenly we need a goal or we need to be a little bit more offensive, he can he can he can hook him off and then we'll go with the other two in there like we did yesterday, so again. You know, and I stand by this. Like I said last week, I think if if those players that played yesterday are fit, it's it's, for me. It's 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 definitely a mid-table side, if not maybe a little bit better. If we keep those players fit, if we start losing a few key players in certain positions, particularly at centre half, for example, then it can it can have a big impact on us. But I do feel now, and Kevin Thelwell deserves a bit of a, a round of applause here with 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 what he had at his disposal and the amount of players he had to try and get rid of as well. He did pretty well in the transfer window to make us, you know, have that little bit more quality and depth in certain places in the team, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, we, we discussed, obviously, <clears throat> the transfer window previously, and we know we were we were hamstrung in terms of what we could do. And then the players that have been brought in, you know, have of all offered something, some more than others, but obviously the likes of Timothy hasn't really had a chance, Um, obviously given given his age, of course. But, you know, I think we did fairly well. As you say, the, the key is keeping, keeping key players fit. That, that's the real key. You know, we started to see players breaking down, the likes of, as you say, if we lose, say, a Tarkovsky or Zara or Brantwaite, um, if we lose Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you know, if we lose these kind of players who are pivotal to, to how we play and to our success, then, then it becomes a problem, of course. But that side yesterday... Whether you stumble upon it, whether you know it was semi men's, who who knows? But uh, I think that going forward against that kind of opposition, especially at home, that that should be potentially the side that plays. You could be, as I say, you could argue Nathan Patterson coming in at right back. Of course, I think I do think as the season goes on, we will see him in. I do think you'll see him play. Seamus Coleman, obviously, due back end of the month as well, which is which is really really positive. Um. But I think that that'll be this will be the side I think. Um, but Garner as I said, still getting important. Like you, like you mentioned, then you know, in terms of his, his interceptions and tackles, his stats are guys right up there with the with the best of them. We we know how important he is in that particular role. You know, I think does does he turn thirty four um, before the African Cup of Nations? So you know, he, he's getting on a little bit now, of course. But he's still you know absolutely full full of energy. Um, Oh, he's, he's 34 already, sorry. So, he's he's a player who is past his prime, but in terms of what he gives us, he's still been nearly important and still will be important, I think, in certain games. Um, it's whether or not, you know, we, we talk about trust with the manager, Pete, and will, will will the manager trust James Garner and Amadou O'Nana to be that partnership in a in midfield too, obviously, with core ahead of them? That's a big question, really, isn't it?
2: Yeah, because again, you need to remember how, how young they both are. Um, and, you know, how, I guess how little Premier League experience, how little big game experience they both have. And yesterday, it's nothing to take anything away from the, either of their performances whatsoever. But we were playing a very, very poor Bournemouth side when playing Manchester City. Um, and what you say, what you and Lee say about, you know, Garnigay's consistency. Uh, it, you know, uh, with a high level of performance is really spot on. I've I've got the uh, the Premier League stats here um, from from last season. Now, Declan Rice is ninth for top tackles. Um, Casemiro fourth. Idrissa Garnier third, and he's he's miles ahead of Casemiro. By the way, uh, top is Jao Polinia from Fulham. Second is Moses uh, Cecedo, So. It, it, like you say. It shows what kind of company he keeps, and I think sometimes Garner Gay for me can come under a little bit of unfair criticism for his work in possession. I think sometimes people get a bit um, frustrated if, if he has a shot, or if he, you know, he might not be so progressive with his distribution. But you need to remember what you get from him defensively, you know, because he's he's in the. The, the the top ten. He's third for tackles, but he's not in the top ten for fouls. Um and Moses, Sacedo, and Paulinho are. So again, it, it shows how consistent he is. It shows what a good tackler he is. He wins the ball back. He gets us back on the ball. Um, and his his work rate and his positioning, you know, are, are, are so top quality. And I think you need you need to remember because I can remember the three of us saying when we when we re-signed him and he came back into that midfield, you could see he was levels above. What we'd had in there, you know, it, sometimes I think as football fans, we have short memories. It's not too long ago we had, we had a midfield two of Andre Gomez and Tom Davies, who different types of players and could just not get around the pitch, particularly defensively, to to cover areas. And we weren't getting those tackles in. We weren't winning the ball back. And we were just so open and so easy to slice through. So I, I think Idrissa gay is an, an indispensable player for us. And I think the best way I could probably frame this is, do we find ourselves having a really good problem? Again, competition for places, levels going up. You know, you've got a young player in James Garner who's, you know, really quite technically gifted um, and it is on what seems to be, a, you know, really progressive development curve and, you know, a really experienced player in that position or in a very similar position in a Drissar Garner game that, you know, he can learn from and compete against in a healthy way. Um, that would be my hope. Because uh, I know initially when we we kind of crystallised this midfield to me, it was under Lampard's tenure where we were looking to play a different type of football in a different system, and it might be might have been as Lee was saying a moment ago, Anana might have been that that kind of six, with you know James Garner and uh, Drissa Garner Gay kind of either side in front of him to help us get up the pitch a bit quicker, have more of a passing game. Allowing Garnier to kind of break up the play, I don't think we're going to see that under Sean Dyche, but I do hope what it gives us is yeah competition for places and le- levels going up across the pitch. And like you say, Mike, with Garnier's age, maybe this could be a blessing in disguise, where it starts to take a little bit of pressure off him, and it gives James Garner, you know, not not a not a free hit, but I think you know, less pressure to have to perform at a a kind of a nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 every week.
0: I think he's, well, one thing I'll say as well, I think he's a real pro as well, isn't he? Clearly looks after himself. You know, he's an example. I'd imagine him being an example in training as well. You've you got, you know, by all accounts, him and Nana have become quite close, like his little protege underneath him. Um, obviously, very different types of players in some ways. Just just by their stature alone. That's the other thing with 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 Gay as well. Is is that you know he's, he's a fairly slight guy, isn't he? He's not as if he's in. You look at Paulinho, for example. He's a big guy. He gets about the pitch, like you said, he's aggressive. But uh, Gay Gay, he's almost a bit kante esque in a way, isn't he? In the fact he reads the game so so well, and and and, and like you said, Pete, you know he's tackling is he, he's brilliant. It's very clean. Very. I can't even. I can very rarely remember him sliding. Can you? Very rarely like dives in like that and. You know, obviously Onana's almost the opposite, isn't he? he's his legs everywhere, um, and he times that really well. By the way, Onana, but I just think Gaze, yeah, he's, he's a real pro to those two younger lads who obviously got got the nod in the end ahead of him yesterday for different, you know, for for, for different differing reasons. But I think he he he'd set an example, and you can tell he just looks after himself. Yes, he's thirty four now. But I still think he can play at this level until he's 36, definitely. I think easily, if, uh, unless he gets a major injury such touch where he doesn't. But I think he comfortably plays still at this level uh, for the next couple of years. And, um, you know, I know it's his second stint and he's not quite maybe, you know, the same uh, player that we had back then. But he's still an exceptional player, isn't he?
1: Yeah, of course, of course he is, and and it's important to have players, you know, experienced players around this squad because if you, let, let's look at look look at the ages of of the players who play a big part in this squad. Nathan Patterson, twenty one, um, Michalenko, twenty four, still fairly young. Branthwaite signing new contract by the way, great news. Twenty one, uh, Onana, twenty two, James Garner, twenty two, Brett McNeil, twenty three, Chimiti, nineteen. Um Lewis Dobbin, twenty. You've got a lot of young players in this squad. so you so you need you need that experience. So it's good to have have a, have a good mix of ages on the pitch. um and and we are putting responsibility on young shoulders, but they need that experience around. and that's why you know the importance of of a Garner guy of of an Ashley young, um even Dominic Albert you know, was he twenty six years of age, but he's been there, done that. you know he's played a lot of Premier League football. He's played on the international stage for his country. Uh, we need a good, a good mix, and Garnier is so important. He seems to be a likable character in the squad. He's got, a, he seems to have a, bit of a close bond with the likes of Onana, Decore, um, Dan Danjuma. They all seem to be the ones who, who socialise together. Um, so he's going to get his moments, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see him back in the side for the Merseyside derby when we need bodies in the midfield. It would not surprise me to see him in there. Don't, don't be surprised if the manager decide to put James Garner back on the right just don't be surprised because you know you know what he's like um, and he could very well do that so he will he will certainly come back in it's it's whether or not when we look back at the at the end of the season's whether or not this is the moment that Sean Dice stumbles upon this midfield two of of James Garner and Amadou Onana and they become become his preferred preferred partnership because there's, I mean, there's a lot of energy intensity, I think, between the three of those players, um, and the, any one of those that misses out, who, who maybe doesn't start a game, will always find themselves, you know, to, to, to be to be fairly unlucky because they all offer offer a great deal, um, and they, they've all got the got their own attributes which which are really important to, to us. Um, but like I say, we we will see, we will see things mixed up and changed along the way. Plenty of games obviously to go in the season. League Cup game around the corner against Burnley at Goodison Park as well. Where we'll, you know, we'll see these players who are on the periphery as well. We mentioned Dan Jumi earlier on, Beto, Chimiti. These are the kind of players who win that kind of game. Give them a chance. And listen, if they do well, then then, then they get a chance in the Premier League as well. But, you know, this midfield conundrum. Is a is a really positive one at the moment, and this is this is what we the situation we want to find ourselves in. We talk about competition for places all the time. We seem to have that in a lot of positions all over the pitch, and for me, that's got to be seen as as a real positive.
0: That's a really good point, there, Mike. I think he's got he's like I said before. He's he's got problems now, in terms of how how he picks his team. or good problems to have, and it's been a long time since we've said that about most positions on the pitch. Let's be fair. But if there's a slight criticism yesterday, then what you boys think would be interesting what you think. Um, And I know we won the game comfortably in the end, but is there an argument to say we probably should have been a bit more ruthless, maybe, you know, with the chance that we had yesterday? Could we not have used that as a platform once we got into a comfortable lead, you know, to score five or six or even more? Um, It'd be interesting to what you boys think there because. You know again, yes, we've won comfortably um and you know we we can't say that about many games at goodison for for a while, but would you not say yesterday that we probably should have been a bit more ruthless and and maybe scored five or six
2: i i, I think arguably so, and I, th- I think sean Dyche um almost said as much, didn't he particularly about the the first half, but you know maybe it's in part around what what that game represented in terms of how important the the win was, and you know the, the psychological blow of of Luton. Hopefully, if we are able to climb a, a bit further up the table, we might start to see performances like like yesterday, like Luton as well. Start start to become a bit more ruthless because I I do think we've got that in our locker with the way that we we play now. And you know when you've got the likes of you know McNeil, Harrison, Decore, who can bring goals from midfield. Hopefully, it might be something for us to look forward to. Eh?
1: I, I think you're always wanting more, aren't you? And and you're always greedy in that kind of game. When you scored three, uh, the opposition have not really laid a glove on you, and you have other other good chances. You know the keeper. If you think about late in the second half, um, you know we we had a couple of decent chances. Onana had those two really quickly. Was it the header? Came back to him, smashed it back. He was made a, a decent save. Onana in the first half when he's 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 spun, hasn't he? And he's put it just wide. Um, so there's there's three for for one player alone. Obviously, we talked about Calvert-Lewin in the bar. We talked about the one he's, he's dinked over the keeper, the better one he's put onto the side net, and um, there was a lot of chances there, wasn't there? But I think you always when you're in such a comfortable game, you always want more. And as fans, we want to see a game where Everton come away scoring five or six. Of course, you know it's uh, that's what you go and watch football for to, to see your team score goals. It's, it's as simple as that. But I think you know let's let's not let's not downplay. The performance, you know, it was a good performance. It was a comfortable performance. The clean sheet, first one of the season, really important for, for Jordan Pickford and his and his defence. So to come away with that, they, they were really keen on ensuring we came away with a clean sheet um late on, especially. So a real positive performance. More questions for the manager, which is what it's all about. Um And and certainly, you know, competition for places, including Garner Gay Onana. Uh, James Garner in in that midfield, the Corey as well. You know, dude, there's players waiting. There's players waiting to come in, and it's a good problem. We've said it before in terms of the the striker position and the wire positions. It's a good problem for the manager to have, and that's what we want to have. The manager thinking I could start anyone. There's sort of three or four players in that position there, um, and that's exactly what we need for, for this side to to push on and and feel that there's competition behind them. There's people breathing down their necks. So if I don't perform, I'm out. Um, And and I think, you know, as I say, I think the the Derby, we we might just see changes again.
0: Uh, You know, on that same point, um, Dice has been coming under a lot of pressure, hasn't he? Um, Particularly after the Luton game. Putting it in slight context now, in all competitions, we've won three out of the last four. And let's be honest, the Luton game was a bit of an anomaly. I still think, I'm convinced of it, that if we'd have scored first there, we'd have have gone on to, to win it. In the end, we've got done by two poor, really poor set piece goals. Um, and Luton will be no mugs this year. They gave Spurs a good game yesterday. Uh, I know obviously there was a sending off in that, but they, you know they were still in the game even before the sending off. But I've just looked at the, you know, particularly the home games uh, this season, and 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 we, you know, we have we have been pretty attacking. If you look at it against Fulham, we had 19 shots. Against Wolves, we had in uh, the, the next home game, we had 15 shots. Against, OK, Arsenal there, you know, let's be honest, a completely different game. We sort of folded like a deck of cards there and, and put our stall out. But then you look at that um, Bournemouth game, yes, like I said, um, 25 shots, 23 shots against Luton. I mean, you'd never, have, you'd never have thought that, would you, when we brought Sean Dyche in? That would be having those number of shots in, in games. You know, but let's put that in context. When we had Allardyce, there, you'd almost categorise them as being similar styles of managers in some ways, fairly pragmatic. I think we went, we went at one point. Was it two, nearly three games without a shot on target under Allardyce? Yeah, you know I mean, even had the cheek the other day to come out, didn't he say, "Well, yeah, they didn't they didn't trust me, they didn't gamble on me. They should have done." Like, mate, you bought Tosin, mate, for twenty million. You know, get back in your box. You know what I mean? So, I, I just think there's signs there, there's signs there that that. that Okay, look, let's also put it into context. We haven't had the most difficult of fixtures, Arsenal aside. And that's probably why Dice has come under a lot of pressure, I think, because we've had a fairly favourable start. And, you know, we are still where we are in the league. Let's not get carried away. Um, But at the same time, that gives me a little bit of hope in the fact that, you know, we are actually having a lot of shots in games, particularly in those home games, like I mentioned there. And that that game yesterday, dare I say, was, was coming. In some ways,
1: uh, yeah, we, we I think I think even Sean Dice has said, hasn't he? He's alluded to the fact that he, he felt that that you know that kind of result uh, was on the cards. You know the games that we feel that we should have won or got even got something from. We've we've mentioned them countless times over the last the last few weeks. You know any of those games, Everton could have won by by two or three goals. So someone was going to be on the end of a Harden, and like we say, it could have been a real hard and couldn't it? It could have been a five or six and um, if, if, we, if we took our chances so I think that that performance was always on the cards I think we want to see it more more often these are the games these are your bread and butter and they always should be they always used to be and in the last two years they haven't been and that's that's always the, the concern we have to get back to so that I said I said last week about you know we used to be forced at didn't they? but recently we've given every everybody the keys to open every single door uh, and and effectively apologise to them for any inconvenience when they've left with a win. So that's how it's become. It's become a little bit of a chore, playing at home. The players don't seem to revel in it. They seem to shy away and, and hide. Um, but that's what we should be doing. So those kind of sides, Luton included, because they were terrible. Wolves, Fulham, those kind of sides. Everton should be getting points from, no problem at all. You know, And then, obviously, whatever you get away from home, if you can come away with three or four away wins in the season and you can get sort of nine or ten home wins. You, you know, it's 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 a comfortable season, isn't it? I know, okay, how easy said than done, but haven't have got to start putting in those performances. Every single be good, a good as some park against them those kind of sides, in my opinion. Um, but you know, let let's not dwell. There's, there's no there's no negativity um, in terms of in terms of yesterday. Great to get a win before obviously the the international break and before a Merseyside derby it gives us a little bit of breathing space down there. Obviously sides down there. Dropping points as well, which is which is also massively massively important to us. Uh, but that's us for this week. Uh, don't forget to to give us a, a a like and a comment, a review across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Because it does help the podcast continue to grow um, across across all uh, all platforms. And we do appreciate everyone's support and. And as, as I say, that is us for, for today. Uh, we will be back before the Merseyside Derby to, to do a bit of a a bit of a preview there. Let, let's let the international break happen. Let's see who comes back fit, more importantly. Um, so we will catch you over the next, uh, next couple of weeks or so.
2: The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast.